All right, this is Restless. It's April 1st. We should do one on April Fool's Day. <laughs> April 1st. Palm Sunday one would be good. Not now, but like in the future, when on the idea of Palm Sunday would be good. It occurred yeah, to me true. today. Too late now. Sorry. Matt's listening to this, trying to figure out which episode we're on. Hi, Matt. Congratulations on being married. I haven't seen you since before then. He's got a baby. I'm you know? about to have a baby. He's a baby? Yeah, he's, yeah. We're about to have he a baby. He has a baby? He's about to have a baby. Yeah, I was going to say. I don't she's, too quick. Yeah. she's pregnant, but... A baby? Anyway. I don't know. It's a boy. No, yeah, Hi, Matt. <laughs> <a> baby boy. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Matt trying to figure out when we're starting this episode. We haven't started yet. <laughs> it's April. He's going to put this on, though. One hour later. So why don't we start with some theme music, Joe? No. Dun dun dun! Welcome back to Restless. My name is Father Joseph Gill, and uh, yeah, we have uh, <laughs> not had enough sleep here at Restless. As you've joined Paul, oh, I've slept just fine, thank you. I've not. I have not. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're preventing me from sleeping right now. It's 7.09 on a Saturday. Truly the death of the young adult podcast. <laughs> I know, yeah. We have, we have, we have, we're going to bed at 7.09. And also, we're recording this on the day of the uh, Final Four, uh, men's Final Four. So I'm not going to bed early tonight. Are those like the gospel writers? That's right. Yeah, all the final I don't four, know. Yeah. It's like the final Sports term of some kind, I guess, maybe. I don't know. Anyway. Well, earlier on, Paul was very excited because he came down and he said, "He said, guys, I've got a dog show to attend. No, I said I have a date with a dog. A date with a dog. Yeah, it's much better. If, yeah. Which, <laughs> good which, thing, is, good which would be the him, Yukon huh? Husky because yeah, I'm rooting for the Huskies and also I have money. I win money if the Huskies win the championship. So our topic today is gambling. And why it's be- no, <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's a mention for Paul. Paul, thank you for really joining us today. <laughs> That's right. I'm not gambling. It was a bracket. Is that the same thing? Yes. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's got odds, I guess. Monomorphic illusion, but I do have a dictionary. It was more so. of a. It was more of a work bonding experience that I hope to win. There you go. That's right. That's right. Now you could be a moral theologian. You just turned gambling to something else. Perfect. No, he could be a Jesuit. Oh, ouch! Sorry. Ouch! How dare you? <laughs> yes. Mr. <laughs> Producer, feel free to. No, I'm kidding. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> anyway, anyway, let's actually talk about a topic. Right. Well, any Catholic podcast begins with 20 minutes of of banter. Before they actually go into the Our topic. podcast is half an hour long, so let's not do that. I fast forward through. <laughs> I actually, I'm pro banter. I'll say it, I'm pro banter. I'd we're definitely it, bantering today. Proportionate to mostly the because of the we're podcast. not particularly prepared for this particular. How dare Don't you. tell people that. I, I know, that but they our, should know. That is our You're going to see how well we do. I've been planning this without preparation. For the last four minutes. I'll have you know. <laughs> the great fruits. Of Generally, I walk into the podcast not knowing what we're talking. about. I walk about. by faith, not by sight. Oh, so Father Joseph just turned me down. I, did. <laughs> I think I turned you off, actually. I did, I did yeah, not really. mute you as much as I'd like to and mute you. And now it's Joe and Joe. So welcome back to our show. Right. <laughs> it's the Joe Show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of Josephs. Anyways, <laughs> so our, our topic tonight is uh, actually, you know, so, so our tagline, right, as it will, is that we're uh, four zany young adults, or three at this point. And, and for whatever reason, Paul hates the word zany. I don't like the word zany. I don't think I'm zany, frankly. Oh, you're the zaniest of all of us. There's no, there's no way. I have the least zane. <laughs> it's true. Can, it, can one have Zane? I don't, know. I don't know. Anyway, so so the tagline is that that we're in the middle of this crazy mixed up world, and a lot of times we kind of have that feeling like, okay, you know what? Maybe we're the only sane ones in this rather crazy world. But actually, now we have statistics that kind of shine, shine light on some of the craziness and some of the different values that people in today's modern culture are. Um, are kind of wrestling with. And so you know, Paul Paul brought this to my attention about a poll that happened not too long ago from Washington Post, right? Wall Street Journal. Wall Street Journal, sorry. Uh, my bad. 
And, yeah. and it was a poll about what Americans value nowadays. So why don't you tell us some of those crazy statistics? Yeah, I don't think, I mean, many of our listeners probably won't be particularly surprised at any of these statistics, but I think it's good that we've quantified it to some extent with this poll. And this poll made national headlines um, kind of end of March 2023. Um, but some of them are pretty shocking. So the last time they compare everything versus 1998. So for example, that's when Joe was born. Year of my birth. So wait, so it's I don't his think it's fault. my fault, but <laughs> it is entirely my fault. As soon as you entered the world, the world went lost to crazy. Country and religion. As soon as I was born. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we we'll let the string theorists talk about that one on their podcast. I guess. Nope. No idea what the string theory is. Okay. No, we'll keep was, moving. Uh, so compared, so in 1998. Turn out a bit more father. <laughs> <laughs> so for example, continue on. <laughs> right. Um, it's a great one. Uh, so, for example, in 1998, 70% of Americans deemed patriotism to be very important. Now that number stands at 38%. 62% said religion was very important. Today, that's 39%. Other ones that have gone way down. Um, in 1998, about 50% of respondents said that community involvement uh, was important. That number actually went up through 2019 to about 60%, and now has gone down to about 20%. Nice. 20%. 20%. It's wow. actually, I'll show the graph again. This is radio, but you can, I'll show the graph of community involvement. To and that's probably just room. a COVID wow. phenomenon. So right? everyone else, just close your eyes unless you're driving and, and imagine what the graph looks like. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you're driving and you have a, a, a adaptive cruise control, go ahead. But um, so, <laughs> and uh, having children went from about 60% down to about, mm, I'm reading the graph, so about 30%. Um, the one, the only one that went up, so patriotism, religion, having children and community involvement all went down. Some of them way down. The only one that went up was money. Money. Yeah. So that went from about 30%, 35% up to over 40%. Wow. That's still pretty low. Actually. It is low. There's just no values, low. even pagan values. There's just no, right? Like, I think, yeah. And I think that's a whole other topic, right? It's, so what is important to people then? I mean, honestly, like. All these were under fifty percent. Probably comfort, right? Comfort, maybe. I don't Stability. Know. Stability. I think that's a big one, right? If you keep like in modern Which society, they're related, they're related, right? Yeah. Yeah. If you keep people comfortable and content and it's like entertainment, yeah, and distracted, then they're not going to riot. They're not going to, you know, you give them, you give everyone the bare minimum. Well, that was or that at least the bare minimum. That ancient know. Roman maxim, right? Mm -hmm. Circus and bread. That's right. When you have circuses and bread, they're entertained, they're filled, and so they're not going right. to bite the hand that feeds them. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's that's the story. Wow. Yeah. So I guess we should we should talk about first of all. Uh, Can we talk about them in turn, maybe? Yeah, but but first of all, I mean, yeah. Well, but, yeah. but but do you think do you think they're connected? Do you think there's a thread in oh, between for sure, all of them? Yeah. I mean, I think they're all. Why has the world suddenly so I think tanked? I don't know if I can explain all of them, but I think that the the decline in patriotism and um, religious observance, or however you want to cat uh, characterize it, the, the, the decline in, in in placing value on religiosity and patriotism, I think is probably partially or maybe significantly explained by just like widespread institutional failures in both those realms, right? Like since the since the year of my birth, nineteen ninety eight, right, and now we've had like you know. Um, various wars didn't pan out very well. Various lies told by very prominent politicians exposed. Just widespread political corruption kind of made obvious and manifest. Huge scandals, obviously hitting our own church, but also many other churches, and maybe even now more so. So, like, I, I think mm. that the decline in trust in institutions broadly, particularly the institution of the government and the institution of the church, which are not like they didn't come out of thin air. They, they, their realities that exist because of our own sins. Um, 
I think that probably explains a lot of this. Part of it, yeah. I mean, I certainly remember after September 11th. I mean, do you remember how patriotic the entire world oh was? Oh, my gosh. September 12th was one of the best days in our country's history. Yeah, I mean, everyone was flying a flag. Everyone was, you know, signing up to join the military. I mean, it was... Yeah. it was, it was a, Trillions of dollars later and all dead and having surrendered in Afghanistan, right? Like, it's easy to look very around painful. and think, oh, geez, wow, you know? Yeah. How yeah. far we've come, right? Or, yeah. Or not gone. Right. How far we've receded. I don't know. I, I tend to blame most of this, to be honest, on social media. Because in, in in terms of the fracturing of of our society, and the fact that like we used to have a united front, like so so this, I, I really, I don't know, I, I feel like, I feel like I mean we've had we've had scandals in the church since the beginning, right? I mean Peter denied Jesus, you know, and Judas betrayed him, you know. And I mean I mean if you if we had the social media back in the times of Medici popes or the Borgia popes, you know, in the 1500s or, or late 1400s, who had seven children illegitimately and, you know, bankrupted the Vatican. I mean, imagine that kind of scandal, you know, but the, but the church didn't fracture because of that. I mean, I guess it did at the Protestant Reformation, but that's kind of not, not, um, I think there's one obvious difference. First of all, I think probably most people knew about the corruption of the Medi- of the Medici popes, right? Um, at the time, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But like, I don't know. Like, um, but like the average person in yeah, Britain peasant, wouldn't. Well, but, wouldn't but here's the thing. The average person in America prior to the spotlight scandals thought that it was church was run by saints. And we would never have believed any of like it, it, um, the church was so held in such high regard, clerics were held in such high regard. The scandal fractured that, like it just shattered that, right? It shattered. There was a, there was actually a deep trust that was so that so now it's a betrayal, right? Mm. So like whereas before, be like, oh, isn't it wonderful? The priest taking interest in my son. Maybe he'll be a priest one too. Now yeah. it's like, what's this guy doing? I, I, right? I think that that is very specific to the that that's specific to the Catholic Church, I would say. Well, but this is religion. This is religion in general. It's gone way down. So it's well, not just. But, but it's not that, specific to the Catholic Church. We're learning that more and more about that fact that it's actually every church. It's going well, through yeah, this, it's right? every church. But 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 it's. But but I don't think. But, it, that, that that might be true, but I don't think that's why religion is no longer. No, but I can see I can see Joe's point. There's some. Joe's there's point. some probably made it worse. In that in that you're right. It wasn't. I mean, it's not. Because it's just this idea of like this. Any institution is a something you could trust in. Right. Mm-hmm. You know whether it's. I mean, I mean, think about Walter Cronkite, right? Everyone trusted Walter Cronkite. Right. Now nobody trusts the news. If you were born, maybe not 1998, but if you were born in the year 1990, let's say you were I was, I was born in the year 1990. Yeah. So when you were born, so, so if you were born in these prehistoric times, then, um, <laughs> no, but if you were an adult in 1990, you lived in a world in which um, the president didn't lie. Really? Well, other than Nixon, yeah. I mean, like, the, think about, think about, I That's mean. true, Reagan. Probably told lies. I, don't I mean, know. T- think, I, I don't know. I Paul, think, think, think people of, have always okay. Like, but my my point is this: think about how small the, the Clinton scandals would be if they happened today. Like, think oh, about what, yeah, it so that's my point, right? So, so you just lived in a world in which you could you could maybe you didn't trust politicians, but you didn't think that everything the president said was a lie. You didn't think you, right. you didn't see a, a guy in a collar with a kid and think what's going on. Like, there's just there, there's this huge sea change that's happened. I don't think we can like we we you and I swim in it because. I mean, uh, you probably have some memory of it, of it prior to that, uh, maybe of the world before the spotlight side. Yeah, I guess I'm that old. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I was born in, excuse me, which is four. Thank you. Yes, right. You were born the wow. same year as my brother. I've not reached Yearly. 40 yet. Well, not yet. It's coming. Coming soon. Yeah, we got a year. At the speed of time. That's <laughs> um, uh Well, I, I think that, so that's fine. I do think that there is a, there's a more fundamental issue, right? And I think that in the, after World War II, the whole world went through this reorganization, right? Especially after World War One. World War One, it got kicked off, and it was really material. It was cemented after World War Two, 
like the new world order, mm. right? Which changed the relationship between people, between political parties, between nations, everything changed. And then on top of that, you had sexual revolution. You had you had the emergence of like technology. The media. The media like, te- changed like, things a like, lot. Like, I mean, because television. The, the sexual revolution would never have spread if it wasn't for the new medium of music and TV. Correct. More so, yeah. It wouldn't I mean, have. Yeah. And, and I, mean, I mean, how do you spread that via newspaper, right? I mean, it, well, <laughs> magazines. But anyway, um, so anyway, those uh, kind of newspapers you shouldn't be looking at, right? Right. Kind of, it's much more clear that would. Yeah, and then and then and then it's compounded in the '80s when you have the boom of the computer, the personal computer, and then the internet in the '90s. I still I had re- dial up. So you guys don't remember? Yeah, I remember. I remember I, when when they were advertising for Windows 95. That was revolutionary. Windows 95 was awesome. Revolutionary. I started on Windows 3.2. Yeah, DOS. I had DOS. Good times. I had DOS in kindergarten. We learned DOS. Yeah, yeah. You type in WP for Word Perfect. <laughs> I've actually, I actually have had to use Word Word Perfect. It's, it's terrible. Oh, I know. Yeah, especially <laughs> in '94. Well, but I mean, and that's that's one thing hard thing about looking at history though is because you can you can even take it further back, right? You can take it back to the Enlightenment. Because the Enlightenment, or you know, the Renaissance, which was, Renaissance was the first time really that. God was not the the God was not the center of knowledge, right? In the Scholastic period, eleven hundreds, twelve hundreds, everyone saw just this unified theory of like everything—the natural sciences and psychology and everything—was leading to God. God was the the pinnacle yeah. of everything. Once you started taking God out of the center, man became the center. Right. Well, I think I think part. I mean, then the, and the reason why that happened to some extent is the printing press. Yeah. So. Right. Because you, because essentially the only paper that was produced was mostly Bibles. Right. And religious stuff. Because why you, else would you? Because why spend else would you do it? Hour, you but then you had this. I, I, some of it, see, I, I have a little different spin on, I have more of a Bishop Robert Barron spin on the Enlightenment, where I think that was, I mean, all of this has happened in human history, but like that particular seems as though it is a point in human history where we, where we had a massive advance in our knowledge of science. Yes, definitely. And that, and that is where we started to have very dedicated science as a profession, as research, scientific research as a profession. I don't want to go back to the Middle Ages. I'm not saying no, that no. That's I'm just, like but 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 the so Some of that is true, but I would say that the rate of change in the past 60 years is so much. It's so fast that like humans oh, cannot. Heck yeah. Humans cannot adjust. We cannot adapt, evolve, whatever you want to say to the rate of change that we've experienced over the past 60 years. Well, we were just talking now about artificial intelligence and how that's going to that's going to completely revolutionize Potentially. the world. Potentially. That may be another episode at some point, but maybe Slash is planning on being. <laughs> right. Right. And we're going to record 30 minutes from now. Potentially. Maybe. But in any case, so so I would say that. But um but yeah, I mean I, and I also think so we've also had a fracturing of our So I think that when when you lose each of these come in turn, right? So we've had since the 1950s, 60s, really since like socialism and communism embedded in like the American psyche really was started, which is still is to some extent. Really? You You think the 50s and 60s? It started in the— I would think maybe the New Deal with FDR, Yeah, all of it started like putting your trust in government, not in God, started with New Deal— but was really, really started in 50s and 60s. You think of L- LBJ's uh, Great Society. Great, is that, yeah, exactly. Is it LBJ? LBJ? LBJ was I know LBJ James was the War on Poverty. Um, and the War on Poverty. Yeah, well, yeah. He, had, he had a bunch but of Woodrow, Woodrow Wilson, History's Greatest Monster, had a lot of this stuff too. The New Freedom under Woodrow Wilson. Yeah. Anyway, so 20th century. 20th century was pretty bad. 
Hey, hey, it's hey, rough. hey, Calvin Coolidge, take it easy over there. Keep it cool with Coolidge. Right, don't 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 defame him like that. He was in that he was running that a, time. Yeah, he was he was one of the first presidents to have a, people heard his voice. It's like a wild thought. Was so, he the one that was so fat that he got stuck in a bathtub? Halved. No, that was. I, 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 also, I also think it's not. I also think it's not true. Oh really? Well, I want a great man. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyway, spreading these rumors about yeah, these presidents. Here to defend obscure presidents from the last century. He was president. For, <laughs> yeah, McKinley for. Tw- he was, he was president for four years. Taft. Four whole years. Four whole years. Wow. And then Woodrow Wilson replaced him. Okay. Good to know. What was I talking about? <laughs> this is a great podcast. <laughs> well. Uh, no, I was saying the 50s and the 60s, and now we've had this decline. So, yeah, you'd assume that if you have a decline in religion, which is what we've had, and it's not just Catholicism, it's every major religion in the world. Um, in the country. In the country. In the world, too. No, uh, not necessarily. World. Africa? South Western America? World. Southeast Asia. Western world, for sure. Okay, yeah, Western, Western world. So, Europe and, Europe and America. So, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to draw a connection between the Enlightenment conversation that you're having and the, and the statistics we're citing here. Would you like us to enlighten you? Actually, I was planning on lightning you. Uh, uh. <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm trying to. I, I, so here's my theory. Tell me what we think. I'm wondering if so. The Enlightenment puts this new in, emphasis on the on the individual, right? Um, so it's like you know, the individual is actually sovereign, which has political implications, right? It means like you should have rights. Breaking news. It also changed <laughs> the way we approach religion, where it's like you have a personal relationship with God, um, which I think is good, right? Um, that's not that that was new necessarily, but I do think it changed all these things. But it seemed like in the immediate after Enlightenment period. We had these. We are now a society of individuals, but like a thick society with lots of associations, institutions, which kind of bound us together, even though we were individuals. And then it seems like over the next couple of centuries, particularly the last few, like say the last fifty years in America, one by one, it's just like nope, nope, nope to the various institutions. So it's like you're part of a church, not anymore though, because of a scandal or because your kids is a fit, whatever it is. It seems like there've been all there are all these things which tied us together, and just one by one, they're all being knocked down somehow. This is just leading. Yeah. So we talk about like radical individualism. We're talking about just being like wildly, um, uh, like estranged from each other, right? Just like more and more isolated by ourselves. But part of that too is is it's a self estrangement because because of both technology and transportation. Like for example, my entire friend group could be, you know, three cities away, or now because of the internet, I can have quote unquote online friends, and it kind of boggles my mind that I'll talk to some of these teenagers, and they're like. Yeah, you know, my friend John said this the other day. I'm like, well, wait, how do you know John from? Oh, I've never met him. He's online. But they still consider that to be a real relationship and a real mm. friendship, you know? So so now we can kind of self-select our own community, which is good and bad, right? It's good in the fact that now, now it's open that, that, I mean, you know, Joe lives several towns away and he can still come down here and hang out and, you know, have dinner and whatever. But, um, but it's also bad in the fact that I don't know that many people in the local vicinity of where I live. Mm. And they don't really want to get to know me because they have their friend group. They have their right. And, and now, especially on the internet, now you can just. I'm only going to look at these websites that agree with my opinions and everything. Well, yeah, I and mean, then you have self-selecting. Well, what I was getting to with the technology was that you have a now you have the technology that just forces you deeper and deeper into your own bubble. Yeah. Where the more you look at one thing, the more it's the internet, Google or whatever is yeah. going to show you that one thing. And increasingly radical version. So it's not just a Catholic Facebook group. It's not just a right-wing Catholic Facebook group. It's not just a tratty Catholic Facebook Set group. It's yeah, it's like Pope Benedict <laughs> never resigned Catholic Facebook group. But it's like Pope Benedict's still alive. Yeah, right. right, right. <laughs> but by the way, yeah, that one's hard to prove. But, but 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 and it's not like it's twelve people, right? But like it would be two people maybe per state. But right. they, all, they all found each and other they would online band together. Yeah. And, and when you do that, you get this crazy echo chamber where it's like 
maybe Francis Pope. How do who you know who let you in here? I like kick him out, right? Like it's it's, it's super self maybe Francis sorting. Pope, yeah. Well, yeah. that right. that's part of the reality is because when you when you are anonymously online, you don't you don't you're not going to listen to the other person. Unlike when you're actually live and in person, you have to interact with this person, whether in school or in mm-hmm. work, right? But but so so okay. So I was trying to relate all these things because the question you had actually posed was how are all these things related? Patriotism, yeah. religion, having kids. Well, it all stems seemingly from. I mean, it, there's a lot of reasons why we're there, but it seems like religion of the others is somewhat of a root cause. Well, having the Judeo-Christian worldview. Right. Yeah. So Particularly, so, yeah. So the religion that informs your view on everything else. Correct. So, so like, the, the only way the United States works as a country, the way it's founded, the way it's set up, is if you have Christian morals that are embedded within every person. That's the only way it works. Because in order to have freedom, you need to – in order to have successful freedom, let's say, you need to have people acting moralistically in that society. It's just That's the way it has to be. True, right. Because otherwise you just need an onerous amount of laws and enforcement to keep people in line so that they are – so they so they follow the rules essentially. But if you have a morality, you don't need that. I mean abortion wasn't made illegal until the 19th century. We didn't need to make – I mean they didn't really have the technology – generally but like abortion was made illegal in the 19th century hmm. they didn't need to make abortion illegal there, um, there were laws criminalizing abortion in various states even prior to the founding i think Not to make yeah it was but it was it was there was a there was a big that. push in the 19th century to yeah, make no, sure that abortion was illegal right but think about that okay now how much of this my question though is how much of this is is actually interiorized morality versus positive peer pressure Right, because both can work. I mean, no, they're not the same thing. But the both can work, but they're not the same thing, right? So no one would think about abortion in 1752 because you'd be shunned by society, right? So, so it's not necessarily like, yeah, I really believe this versus I don't want to be shunned. You know, you know the best example of this not working. Like we are, we all are, are, excuse me, we are all old enough to remember when gay marriage was actually a debated issue in this country. Like I was in high school. Obergefell versus Hodges was decided, right? The case which, which um, overturned DOMA and made gay marriage, you know, legal throughout the country. Right. And there was very obviously a large group of people in this country who didn't really care that much, but just like, well, everybody around me is kind of against gay marriage, so like, I'm against gay marriage. And as soon as the law was overturned, like overnight, it seemed like 30% of the country swung their opinions on. All of a sudden, most people were in favor of it. It did seem Whoa, very quick. That is very, but like, and when, well, and it's when only now they could hide behind it for political. But, 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 so it's been less than 10 years. My point. My point is that. That's an example of people not actually um, being convicted of an opinion, but just repeating it because they feel like they're supposed to. And as soon as that, like, oh, well, now it's legal. The debate's settled. I mean, and I, think, I think that's a big part of this poll, right, is that is that perhaps in 1998, you said you thought that patriotism was very important because that's what everyone else said, mm, right? Oh, I see what you're saying. And nowadays, yeah, yeah. well, nowadays, nobody thinks it's important, so, so they say, right? And so they're like, way, well. One specific problem with the patriotism one, because issue polling sucks, and— um, like right now, if I we both worked for polls as a turn, I never actually worked for a poll. I oh, just, you didn't? I just like the backpack. He just went to Quinnipiac University, which Maris, Maris, sorry, oh, Maris. I Ouch. didn't go to Quinnipiac, but um, I worked sorry, there. sorry. Um, so if I call right now Maris' house and say hi, um, do you believe in patriotism? You do you believe patriot- patriotism is good. very important? Yeah. Right, right now, Joe is right, making right, his hand right, into right a phone. Right now, with that person, the question they're hearing no. is, "Do you like Joe Biden as president?" And, then, and they're going to answer. They're probably going to answer the question based on that. So just inter- just be, as a as a as a matter of, of of the science of polls, just 
grain of salt because if you call the, the same house, we'll, okay, we'll okay, say, that's fine. But we're 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 not talking about the, the, the I'm, degree I'm, 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 of, wait, wait, of sorry, accuracy. Wait, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. This actually matters though because if you'd called random houses in the year 1998 and done this, they wouldn't have heard you saying, "Do you think that Bill Clinton's a good president?" or "What do you think of the Monica Lewinsky scandal?" They would have heard you saying, "Do you think America's a good country?" Whereas now we hear it and we think, "Hmm, well, I like." Biden. So if I say I don't like patriotism, they're going to think I don't like Biden, right? So there actually has been a shift. It's an actual serious oh, erosion of principle okay, patriotism because yeah, yeah. now we don't identify ourselves as part of a country as much as we do like as members of a team competing in a in a common space. So actually, my point point huh. is actually that there's it's, there's a the, or the the poll may not represent perfectly what's going on, but it does speak to a huge degradation in the actual principle of patriotism in the country. Oh, that's yeah. definitely true. I mean, that's been true for a long time. I mean, take, I mean, patriotism is love of country. But again, it's not for a long time. We're talking about a very new phenomenon. But which, yeah. but which also connects with like the religion one, right? Because I mean, I don't know. I'd, I would have to check the poll to see how much of a decline there is in the belief in the existence of God. Right? There may not be that much decline compared to 20 years ago. Maybe, it depends maybe on how, that, that one is completely dependent on how you word the question. Yeah, I mean, right. are, so, yeah, are you religious? Well, I was baptized. I go to Mass on Christmas to lie to my parents. I guess I'm, <laughs> I guess I'm a Christian. They rarely ask, will ask, like, do you believe in God? Right. And can people you, will say yes or can no. you affirm the Nicene Creed? It's not going to be asked <laughs> no, by no, yeah, yeah, yeah. or WAPO or anything like that, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's probably the best standard, right? <laughs> no, but that's actually how you would be. You know, that would be the question. Do you affirm any kind of small Orthodox Christianity? You know? Yeah. Can you say the Apostles Creed with a straight face? <laughs> and that's not just Catholics. You know, if you if you, yeah. if you make the C in Catholic lowercase, Anglicans and various other Isn't kinds of Isn't it usually lowercase when we have it? Yeah, if you're talking about if you if you take Catholic Church as the universal, not just the Roman Church or something like that, then yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's a little complicated. But um, I've, I've I've I'm I've, doing an Italian. Eh, I've, I've seen th- I've seen I've right seen now. things where it's like the Anglican. It'll be like a guide to the to the liturgy, and there'll be a little disclaimer, like a little asterisk. It's like when we say Catholic Church, we don't mean the mean Roman Catholic Church. We mean the I, universal. One of, one of the one of the Protestant churches I've been, I can't remember if it's Anglican or if it's Lutheran. So forgive me. They've replaced it with Christian. If you, I would say, if you have to put a, a asterisk in the Nicene Creed, that's a problem. <laughs> I believe in asterisk Christianity. Just, I think yeah. that's more of a clarification. Council of asterisks. That's a clarification. It is for their, yeah, for their people. That's yeah. fair. You can actually see if you go to uh, Westminster Abbey, talk about the Enlightenment and the Reformation. You can go to Westminster <laughs> Abbey. And they have they have a <laughs> altar missile, like a giant, you know, like old altar missile, like they, and you like, can see. And you can see where oh, they crossed out the Pope in the canon. Did they really? And they were, and they had. That's the page that they have it open to. King Henry VIII is. A, I don't know. The I king. Really, I think it's the king. His yeah. Majesty. Her How majesty. many gospel passages did he also cross off? I mean, they only they, they don't allow right. me to flip through this like four hundred year old. So he has to cross off more than just that if you want to break. That's a shame. I was at. Uh, this is a totally random tangent, but I was at uh, Saint Joseph's Seminary in Dunwoody. They have they have a book a room of books, some of which go by the library. Library. <laughs> I guess <laughs> the brand new thing. I guess I a room full of books. You can check them out with a card. Did, 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 I, did I set myself up for that? I think it was a room of books that were from like the 900s, and they let people touch them. It was the coolest thing. I was like flipping pages, and it was like falling apart in my hand. I'm like, this is probably against the law. I don't know, but <laughs> anyway, that's a tangent. That was very much a tangent. Anyway, um, so it's because <laughs> because we spent. Um, 30 minutes talking about the Enlightenment. We only have three minutes left to talk about the solution to all of this, right? So if this is the current... Well, first of all, two questions, really. First of all is, I think you kind of hinted at it, can we be fulfilled as human beings and can we have a a happy nation 
if we are lacking these values? And part two is, is it possible to bring to bring them back and how do we do it? I think it's possible to have a comfortable, distracted lifestyle in the United States right now. But not fulfilled in, in a deep sense? Pe- people may say that's fulfilling. Yeah. Right. And I think, I think that they don't, I think we've gotten to the point, I think we've degraded to the point in Western society, not across the board, where we don't know what it even means to be fulfilled. People aren't even seeking it. Mm, that's fair. Which is really sad. That's sad. Yeah. Joe looks like he disagrees. <clears throat> no, no, I, I, I agree with that. I'm just trying to, like, humans are made to be social. So everything we do is supposed to be communal, right? What we're talking, what these, I think one of the things that these statistics reflect is the um, alienation of us from from ourselves, right? From each other, also from ourselves. So um, is that, can I, can you be fulfilled? Like in a certain sense, yes, but in, in, a, in a big sense, no. Is it fixable? I mean, yes, because ultimately the human heart desires communion with others. So, But to Paul's us. point, I think you can numb that desire. You can numb at it. At great length. Sure, but I, th- I think that there'll be moments in your life where you actually desire intimacy with people. And that's not going to be achieved through Facebook. And so I think that a um, a competent outward-looking evangelical church could make use of those moments, right? Where it's like, oh, your life's falling apart and your Facebook friends aren't there for you. Well, like, we will be. He means an right? evangelical Catholic church. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was implied by the fact that you're a priest and I'm a Catholic seminarian. And Did you say a competent evangelical church? Yeah, I did. Okay. I suppose to be a competent one. Because it, it can't just be like... Um, we have good feelings. Yeah, like it has to. It has to be. You have to. It has to be in the mind of the church and those who work for it. Um, my goal is actually to like bring people into this thing and not just like hi, like we'll pray for you and not ever work for your conversion in any way. Yes, but this this drives me nuts when people are like the church needs to X because that usually means in the Catholic mindset that means the priest needs to X. No, I don't think that at all. Right, and it, and I know you don't mean that, but I think a lot of people may sure, be listening, being like, yeah. yeah, you're right. My pastor needs to get more evangelical, get more intentional about this, that you know, and start more programs. It's literally but, not at all what he has to do, right? Like, well, he, like you have to do that. That's because we right? are all yeah. the church. Right. We're all the church. Yeah, yeah. We need to. We as the body of Christ need to start embracing our roles, right? Because the role of the laity is to be the arms, and the hands right. and feet, and those who love when everything else is falling apart. And a apart. voice to the world. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's like you are a baptized prophet and therefore like go out and prophesy, right? Like you see a, fo- a coworker falling apart. Don't throw your Bible at them or something like that, but like do invite them into your life and do engage in communion with them and do have that relationship be ordered ultimately towards their conversion because that's your job. Right. Amen. That is our job. It's great. Well, thanks. That, <laughs> that wraps it up right on time, landing this plane. So thanks for joining us this episode of Restless. My challenge for you is to, first of all, not be despairing of statistics that perhaps may seem to show a decline in, in our American culture, but rather to be, as Joe mentioned, kind of that that uh, evangelical Catholic who is willing to love radically in today's world and to instill in your own heart those virtues of patriotism, hard work, um, faith, and what were the other ones? Community involvement. Having children. And having children. Have lots of kids, yes. We didn't even touch that one, but that's a big one. That's another huge one. Yeah, it's a... Uh, another topic but thank you for joining us in this episode of restless you can find us on veritas catholic network 1350 am and 103.9 fm and wherever you get your podcasts so tune in next time